lost. <laughs> Turn to number 370 in your blue hymnal, if you will. 370. Let's see here. There's an extra one right there, Reese, if you need one. There you go, bud. All right, 370, count your blessings. Thank you.
us in prayer, please. Amen. Please do be seated. Well, I am glad that y'all are here. And uh, welcome to the end of fall. It's feeling a little bit like winter. Not too bad. I, I saw yesterday it was a chance of snowflakes. That doesn't mean snow. It's just a chance of snowflakes tonight. And because of your such excited faces, I know you're not looking forward to any of that, right? So we're glad you're here today. It's a Fellowship Sunday. We're looking forward to a good time of fellowship. You can always smell the chili and cornbread, and, and so we pray that you'll stay for that. We do uh, have kind of a busy day today, and so I'm going to try to pack some things in if we could. Um, we um, uh, need to uh, have the youth choir immediately after the service hit the uh, uh, choir loft. I've got uh, choir books up here for you. Uh, I want us to have a special next week, and so we're, that's going to be us. And so if you would, uh, I know you got practice, so we're going to hit it and let you go get some food and get out of here, okay? If the ladies don't mind going down and preparing the food and getting us all ready. And then if we could have the men meet, anybody who's interested, we we're, we're need to do some things with our finances, uh, move some money around, and we just kind of uh, want to tell you about the plan that we're working with. If you could meet... Brother Allen in the office, as soon as I'm done here, I'll meet him there, but he can get you up to speed on all that. And uh, any, and uh, uh, any, uh, Richard was there, and, and uh, I think, uh, and what's your name? Jimmy was there too, sorry. Jimmy was there too, and so they can answer any questions that uh, we have going on there. All right, we're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings, if our men will come to receive those. And wait, if you would, ask the Lord's blessing on the offering, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful to be in your house this morning and hear your word, Lord. Lord, just pray for all the hunters that are out today, Lord. Just keep yes, them, Lord, keep them safe. Uh, keep them safe, Lord. And just thank you for creating these beautiful animals to provide us with food, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, we just want to pray for Israel, Lord. Continue to watch over them, Lord, and just guide that country, Lord. And we just want to pray for all the leaders in the world, Lord, that yes. they can open their eyes. Lord. Just be with all those who are sick and not able to be. Amen. Seventy-five. One hundred and seventy-five. 
great this morning. Turn to number 313. 313. Bibles, if you would, and uh, I'd like everybody to turn uh, to the book of Exodus, if you will, Exodus chapter 13. Anybody know what the word Exodus means? Anybody know? What's it mean? It means to exit. That's a good, great exit. That's a good answer. Anybody else? It literally means the way out. Okay. And so, yeah, the exit, the way out. And uh, and so it's talking. We've, we've been talking here uh, about the ten plagues. And last time we looked at the Passover, and uh, how that, of course, Jesus is the picture of that Passover, the perfect sacrifice, the blood that was shed and applied. And when God saw the blood, he would pass over them because of the act of faith that it took to take and to do that. And I pray, if you're here this morning, that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. I pray that uh, you've been convicted of your sin, 
that you're willing to confess that God is right, that you're willing to receive his alone or only payment, for there is only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that is to call upon the name of Jesus. Amen. And friend, if you're here and you've not done that today, I just pray that today would be a day of considering and that today might be a day of salvation for you. But for us as Christians, we want to talk about, if you will, just uh, how God leads sometimes. And we touched on it a little bit in Sunday school. But uh, on their way out, a lot of things happened that they just didn't understand. And we're going to take and we're going to look at that. But to understand it, I kind of want to read a lot of scripture. So I'll go fast. You pay attention. But we'll start in, uh, in Exodus chapter 13, beginning in verse 17 is where we're going to start. And the Bible says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got to stop there for a second. He let them go. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he drove them out. He said, Go, go, go. Okay, why? Because he finally learned who God was. Amen. By the way, he hadn't completely learned who God was. You'll see that here in just a second. But in the Bible says this, he said, He finally let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines. By the way, anybody following the news? Where's the land of the Philistines, guys? It's Gaza Strip. And folks, where the war is right now, that he said, I'm not going to take you that way. Why? That was the short way into the promised land. And God tells him why he's not going to do it. By the way, it's always been that type of a land, okay? Just the more history repeats itself, you know, if you will. And the Bible says, it says, uh, although that was near, it says, for God said, lest peradventure the people repent. Again, repent means to turn around. And so repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Egypt went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. That word harness there means they went out uh, in ranks of five, probably, kind of like soldiers would, five by five. And so they, they marched them out. They kind of marched out as a host or as an army. And if you were to able to look at a map, they didn't go through a reed sea. Amen, if you guys know what I'm talking about. They had to go around the peninsula today that is called the Arabian Peninsula. Not the Arabian, but the Sinai Peninsula, okay? And to the, where the Red Sea, and you have the Sinai Peninsula and then the Arabian Peninsula, and between the two is the Red Sea. Red Sea being a sea, okay? All right, if you will. And, uh, and so that's where they are. They're going to be going around this, if you will, this, uh, this landmass, if you will. And the Bible says, uh, wave my arm and turn my page. Amen. Uh, the Bible says, and the children of Israel went and harnessed, uh, harnessed, I read that. Verse 19, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones away hence with you. Praise the Lord. That's, that's, uh, that's kind of like uh, faith in heaven, isn't it? Listen, y'all going to heaven someday? Yeah. Amen. Like that's, he's saying, listen, when you go to the promised land, take my bones, because I want to go with you. God, God made us a promise. Verse 20, the Bible says, And they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. If you will, a pillar is a, kind of like a small tornado or a twister. Okay, that's what it's talking about, pillar of a cloud. He said, and led them uh, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire. And so, if you will, kind of a tornado of fire. Uh, I'm sorry, that would be impressive. 
By the way, our God is impressive, worthy to be followed. That's what those, amen. That's a whole other message. I might do that one. Amen. It says to give them light to go day and night. The Bible says, he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And then chapter 14, the Bible says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pahiroth, uh, between Migdal and the sea, over against uh, Baal-Zephon, uh, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh shall say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. I kind of described this last time. Uh, they came around the cape of, if you will, of the landmass that they were on. And when they went north, they ran right into mountains that they could not pass. And so, if you will, they thought they were trapped. Pharaoh thought they were trapped. And, and so he thought that they were a very good target. Uh, the Bible says in verse 4, it says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. I hate to keep having a running commentary, but folks, wasn't that the whole purpose for the contest? That they might know who the Lord is not only for the nation of Israel, but also for the nation of Egypt. And folks, I will tell you this, the Bible does say, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You know what they're going to confess? There is a God and you are him. Amen. God will do all he can to make himself known. He's making himself known today. The Bible says, and it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? I gotta stop and pause again. Didn't that sound like a stupid question? Don't you think they knew why they let them go? <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna stop and pause again. He turned their river to blood. He polluted the land with frogs and with flies and with lice, and he killed their cattle and he ate all their food. Amen. And then he took his first, their firstborn of all the animals and of all the men. Why did we let them go? Oh, well, because he said, you're going to let me go or else. You're going to let my children go or else. Folks, i got to tell you, please forgive me, but sin makes you stupid. Sin makes you stupid. And the Bible says, and he made ready his chariot and took his people with him, and he took 600 chosen uh, chariots and all the chariots of Israel, uh, excuse me, of Egypt, and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of uh, uh, Israel went out with an high hand. By the way, remember again, they're marching out as an army, but they're being chased with tanks, chariots. And folks, there's a big difference between swords and tanks. Y'all understand? Hey, we can easily beat these guys. You forgot one thing. Yeah, we, I wish we could sing right now. Who is on the Lord's side? <laughs> Come on now, amen? Because, see, they got all the equipment, but Israel has God. And, folks, I don't care what they got going on in is Israel right now. You know what? God's told them what's going to happen. And one of the things he said, I'm going to put you back in the land. And can I tell you, they might do all they can to drive them into the sea, but they might want to remember the same thing. The same God that protected Israel then is the same God that's protecting Israel now. Amen. And by the way, folks, this is a show. You, you hit it. This morning's devotion was perfect 
Because what's going on in the world right now is the perfect platform for a witnessing opportunity to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. And, 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 and we ought to take these things, these lessons, and, and apply them so that God might be glorified and people might be saved. The Bible says in verse 10, the Bible says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? By the way, just stop for a second. You remember when all the cows died in Egypt, but not one cow died in Israel? What a short memory we have when it comes to things of God sometimes. Amen. The Bible says, Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? Folks, they were slaves. They were in bondage. They were being whipped. They were being told to make bricks without straw. And they said, We would rather have peace than freedom. And by the way, Franklin, you guys, Ben Franklin, somebody help me with this quote, but somebody who will trade peace for freedom is worthy of neither and will have neither. And folks, we got people today who have stopped contending for the faith because they just want peace and slavery. That's not part of the message, folks, but that's the reality of this text. You all see it? Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Which he will show you today, for the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more. Say the next two words, please. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I just would love to have seen him do that. <laughs> you know, holding that staff out or whatever. And sometimes I, I, when I'm reading this text, I, I lose it with the Ten Commandments and Charleston Hiss, and you gotta forgive me. You know? <laughs> But I just, I don't know what it looked like, but can you just imagine, he says, watch this, watch this. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Stop talking and watch what God does. That's what he's saying there. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host. That means army, folks. It says upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. That means his artillery and his tanks. Amen. I will, I will, I will, I will. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. I, I got to stop for a second, folks. Did it take a little bit of faith for Israel to walk between those two walls of water? I don't know about you. I, I'll do anything you do first. 
I mean, if it's moral, ethical, and legal. <laughs> y'all, y'all with me? But I'll, I will tell you this. That took a little bit of faith. What did it take for the Egyptians to go in there? Ignorance, stupidity, rage, pride, arrogance. We're the greatest army in the world. Nobody can take us. I don't know about you. Uh, folks, it wasn't the Reed Sea. The Reed Sea, I, I made mention, the Reed Sea was the first body of water they came to, and it goes about this, all the way across the, the sea. It's, it's a very shallow sea, okay? Well, if God can drown an entire army in that. But, folks, they didn't walk into that. They walked into walls of water, okay, on both sides. Do you ever like to stop and pause and just meditate what that looked like? I, honestly, I, I like to think of it. I don't like to think of it as li- ice. I like to think of it as water, where as you're walking, you say, there's fish in there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just like to think of it that way. I don't, I don't know if it's true or not. But they, their blind anger and rage against God caused them to run into a place that they had to know was going to destroy them. What do you mean? Well, it's kind of like somebody, does anybody know what the rock, what type of rock is on the top of Mount Everest? Anybody know? There's sea fossils, so what kind of rock is it? Sedimentary rock. You know what that means? That means at one time, that rock was on the bottom of of an ocean, just like God said. Because you want to know a little secret? At one time, every part of the earth was under the ocean. Just like God said. And yet people will look at those facts and go, there was no worldwide flood. I could get real nerdy right now and talk about more evidence, but can I just tell you this? If you have eyes, could you explain something to me? How did your eyes evolve? Because they either work or they don't. Amen. Okay. Uh, my whole point is this, is folks, that's what a lost person does when they come and they say there is no God. The, you guys know the verse, the fool has said in his heart. These people are a bunch of fools. Who's ignorant enough to run into the middle of a sea that has parted? That's stupid. I'm sorry, stupid's a mean word. I shouldn't have said that. It is. Y'all understand? I don't even know where I am anymore. Where am I? I'm verse 15, right? And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. Verse 17, the Egyptians will follow. Verse 18, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 19, and the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. See, they thought, we're going to get him, we're going to get him. The only problem is, is that tornado went between them. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says, And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to, the, to these, so that the one came not near to the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord uh, caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. I just got to stop here. Have you ever wanted to 
pass a slow car. We were driving home the other day and there was a stoplight that was working and then not working. By the way, I hope nobody got killed at that intersection. I mean, it was bad. And it was going flashing red and then all of a sudden it would give you a green arrow to go. <laughs> the problem with that is, is the people with the flashing red were still coming through and you can imagine. It was, it was, and, it, and it got backed up for miles because of that one malfunction. Do you think there were some frustrated people once they finally got past that flashing? I mean, it was backed up for miles. Uh, and can you imagine the frustration of the Egyptians? Look, that stupid tornado is just annoying. And I mean, the, the, the Israelites are just right there on the other side. They can, all they got to do is get around that thing and they can take and they can have their vengeance. And God says, you can't touch mine. <laughs> Sorry, that's good too. You know what? Please take this the right way, but when God gives you everlasting life, he gives you everlasting life. And the devil can't get you. Listen, there's a lot of applications in this text. Amen. The Bible says this. Verse 21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. All that night we read it. And the children of Israel, verse 22, went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground. Verse 23, and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea. Even all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning, watched that the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels. And they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Hey, they finally got it. Amen. By the way, don't you think the Muslims would get tired of attacking Israel because they lose every time they fight them? Amen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned uh, to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the, all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Folks, God wiped out 185,000 soldiers one night. I wonder how many he wiped out here. He destroyed the entire army. And by the way, Egypt was never the same after this day. The Bible says, but the children of Israel walked upon the dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and the left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Just apply your blessing and just uh, strengthen our faith, convict the lost. And Father, we just pray that your will would be done. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. We do want to talk about the way out. You know, the way out really is about the gospel. You know, the gospel is, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now, if you think about the implication of that, 
is his death. That, that was the shedding of the blood. Salvation was provided. We've seen that when they, when they slew the lamb, the blood was applied, if you will. And so salvation was provided. You could, you could see that in Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 if you want to. But then the burial, that provokes faith. Think about this. Uh, uh, the Bible says that after all this, if they hadn't believed in God before this, at the end of all this, verse 31, the Bible says, then, in a sense, the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Now, how much did God have to do to finally get them to believe? Oh, wait a minute. It's not going to be three days later they start complaining about food and water. Uh, do we ever get like that with God? How, how many of y'all can, by way of just salvation, it was only God that saved your soul? But do you ever have moments where you doubt him? Let's just be honest. It's, it's just God can show himself mighty, but we just have to take and determine we're going to take and believe him. You know, there's no greater assurance than an empty tomb. And if you will, it was the one sign of Jesus' ministry that they couldn't get over. The Bible says in John chapter 11, they said, if this man keeps it up, he's, he's going to take over. He's going to take our nation, and he's going to take our place. Amen. And what were they so disturbed about? A guy named Lazarus walked out of a tomb. Amen. Everybody knew about it. Everybody was talking about it. They said, listen, if he can raise the dead from the grave, there's no stopping him. we got to stop him. Now, that just tells you how foolish the devil is. Anybody who can raise somebody from a grave can take care of his enemies. Amen. Jesus Christ did that on the cross of Calvary. Praise God for that. We see that death, salvation is provided, burial, assurance is taught, and then resurrection, if you will, when they came out on the other side, the confidence was given. And again, at that point, they said, now we know, now we know, now we know. Why? Because they had seen God do great and wonderful things. You know, I want you to think about a couple things, though, because we could take and we could cheer this story and, hey, man, that's right, but maybe we should... Think about one of the members that's in the way out, in the Exodus, okay? And I want you to think about this for a second. Sometimes God's way doesn't make sense. Could, could you go back and look at our text, if you will, in, in, in Exodus chapter 13? Look at verse 17. The Bible says here again, it says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, Amen. But then, you know, later he, he went by the way of the Red Sea, okay? Can I, 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 I will promise you this. How many of y'all think they knew enough to know what the quickest way back to the promised land was? How many of y'all, wouldn't it be nice if once you got saved, you just went to heaven? That'd be awesome. Well, I'm setting you up, and I think you know that, right? Well, what about your lost loved ones? What about a world that needs to know about Christ? And how can they know except they hear? And how can they hear except they be sent? You know, so God says, he says, well, you're a servant. Count the cost. But I'm going to need you to do some things for me so that the world might hear. I'm going to need you to go through some hard times. I'm going to need you to take and make some sacrifices. I'm going to need you to trust me when that's all you've got is trust. Any, any uh, spiritual families here want to, I got to ask this. How many of y'all remember what a map used to be? <laughs> anybody still have any? I mean, does anybody still carry a map in their car? 
Do you really? That's awesome. <laughs> and by the way, all you electronics guys, once they take out the electronics, you ain't getting home. <laughs> okay. But remember the old day where dad would drive and mom would work the map? <laughs> Did you see that? I, I should just give the invitation right now. <laughs> well, I think you need to go this way. No, it's shorter to go. It's faster to go this way. No, 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 no. Come on now, amen? And don't you know all these people were going like this, and Moses is going, we're going this way, and everybody's going, but it's right over there. It's right over there. And, and no, we're going this way. I don't understand. I mean, we could be there in four days. No, it's going to take 40 years. And I'm going to have to march you through a Red Sea. By the way, can you think of any side benefits to them going through the Red Sea? There's a lot of them. But can I tell you one? They didn't have to worry about the army coming after them. Amen. <laughs> and just simply by saying, God... We'll go wherever you tell us to go. We'll do whichever you tell us to do. Please take this the right way, but folks, faith sometimes doesn't make sense. Faith doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to them. Sometimes it doesn't make sense for us. You know, why don't we just go straight to heaven? Well, God's got a work for us to do. He's got some enemies to defeat. He's got some miracles to do in our lives. He's, he's, he's got... I preach this all the time. Sometimes he's got to take us through some hard times so that we can minister to people who've gone through hard times. And you guys know this, but there are some people you'll never talk to about spiritual things until they know that you know what you're going through. By the way, can I share a little bit? Brother Wade's a veteran. And I will promise you this, quite often you cannot talk to a veteran unless you're a veteran. They won't let you. They won't let you. Because they, they're just saying, you don't know what I'm going through. But if you can look at them in the eye and say, I don't know what you're going through, but I have been through some things. Okay? By the way, that's the way to handle it. With a little bit of humility. Okay? And you say, well, we're not ministering all to veterans. We're not. But I'll tell you what, everybody's a veteran of something. Loss of a child, a crash, bankruptcy, ill health. Can, can we just name? And, and I'll promise you this, and I've, I've used this illustration many times, but there's sometimes when people are going through some very difficult times, I'll look at them and, and, I'll, and I'll say this, and I mean it with all my heart. God is giving you a very difficult ministry but it's a gift. Why? Because you'll be able to minister to people who won't even talk to me. You guys understand that? And folks, sometimes we take and we look at that and we say, I don't understand, I don't understand. And God says, I know, that's the reason I'm the one leading. I'm the one in charge. I'm the one directing. Amen. We see here that God's way quite often doesn't make sense. The second thing that we see is that God's way is based on his wisdom and foreknowledge. Aren't you glad God knew which way he was going before? Can I tell you this? God didn't need a map. He had GPS. <laughs> I wish I had a clever acronym for that right now, but I don't. Uh, he, he knew the way. Uh, has anybody, you, you talk about creation science and some of the fun things. Has anybody ever studied where they think that the passing happened? Get on the internet. There's actually guys who've looked this up. 
And um, forgive me, I'm going to use my hands again, okay? But here's the peninsula, okay? The Sinai Peninsula, okay? And they're walking along this side, then they come to the point and they start coming up this side. And then right when they get to the mountains, okay, they can't go any further, right? Then on the Arabian Peninsula, they actually know where there's a place called Elam. You guys remember Elam? There were, uh, there were uh, 12 manners of fruit and 70 springs of water. I might have that backwards, okay? Remember they cried out for water? He gave them a place of rest to Elam, and that's, that's where they went. And so they know where Elam is, and they know where this little place is. And so you just got to look there and see where there might be something. And they actually have where there's a, a high place in that part of the sea. And you say, listen, I'm not going to get in an argument, is it or isn't it? Can I just say this? I know it was. You all with me? Okay. But has anybody ever been to the ocean? How far can you see into the ocean? You can't. I don't know about you. The waves make it pretty hard to see underneath the, the wave. You all understand that? And so if you will, they're walking. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And God says, watch this. And he says, I'm going to open it up in the perfect place. And you say, why is that important? Well, folks, for one thing, it would have been too steep to go unless he had a perfect place prepared. And then our Bible says that God, with every temptation, will make a way of escape. And God knew. And God knew. God knew what they needed. He knew when they needed it. They knew where they needed it. And God had provided it. And then the miracle, listen, of doing the water, incredible. But just knowing where to do it. Come on now, amen? God knows. God knows. He has, he has greater wisdom and he has greater foreknowledge. You know, uh, the Bible tells us that he's going to take and, uh, uh, well, if you will, he has greater wisdom and knowledge. I, I want you to think about this. Look at chapter 14. Look at verse 14. These people were not panicked and they were not fleeing. They were just following. They were just following God. Why? Because God knows. I got to be honest with you. Even my wife here lately has, has helped me. Because God knows. God knows. She says that a lot to me here lately. Oh, God knows. God knows. Amen. God knows. Is that something we need to remind ourselves sometimes? God knows. God knows. Chapter 14, verse, what did I tell you? Verse 14. The Bible says this. It says, the Lord shall fight for you. What's the next part say? And you shall hold your peace. Amen. Interesting. Go to verse 18. The Bible says, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. If God knows and God puts these things in our lives, can we also trust that he has a purpose for everything? We use that verse all the time, but we, I think we overuse it sometimes, but all things work together for good. Amen? And so sometimes in the trials and tribulations and difficulties of our life, if we could just calm down and follow. Why? Because he knows. He knows how frail we are. He knows where he needs to chop something off. Amen. He knows where he needs to smooth out some rough edges. Amen. He knows. He knows. How many of y'all think we can trust God for salvation? My good. Can we trust him to direct our lives? We can, but it's far more difficult, isn't it? 
Because salvation, there's nothing I can do for salvation. I'm just going to trust you. Good. But I'll tell you what, I can make all kinds of decisions without God's help. I can do all kinds of things without God's help. Come on now, amen? But to actually take and to follow him and to trust him so that he might show himself mighty, not just to us, but to maybe our families. Amen? You know, sometimes people, our families see us going through these things, and it might take a little bit, might take years, but they might come back later and say, how did, how did you get through that? Well, only God. Amen? Oh, my God. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, we, we thought we were going to go broke, and then this opportunity opened up. We, we just knew it was the Lord's will. And, amen? I mean, I, I hope everybody has at least one story like that. And you, you can just take and see that God's way is based on his wisdom and his foreknowledge. We just got to trust him. Amen? We also know this, that God's way often leads to a crisis. <laughs> Look what it says in chapter 14, verse 1. And the Lord God spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn not, that they turn in a camp before uh, Pehaharoth. I practiced that last night, and not too good. Between Migdal and the sea, and against uh, Baal-zephon, uh, before shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. You know what he's saying? He's saying even Pharaoh's going to be able to figure out you guys are trapped. Get a hold of this. Was it God's will for them to be trapped? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, God, how, this doesn't make sense. Okay, I know. Watch this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I like to think about that. <laughs> I don't know what that is in Hebrew, amen. <laughs> you know, God's often the way leads to a crisis, a crisis that will demand your faith to see victory. A crisis that may be used to provoke unbelievers, either provoking to usefulness or provoking to be a witness. And we've touched on that, so I'm going to move on. We see the way out. God's way out sometimes makes no sense. We just need to understand that his way is based on his wisdom and foreknowledge. We need to understand that sometimes it, it brings a crisis in our life. All things work together for good. Amen. And then God's way will ultimately lead to our assurance. I love how that passage of Scripture ends. Look what it says in 14, verse 31 again. The Bible says, And Israel saw that the work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord. Help me for a second. How many of y'all think they were already afraid of him? Is there a difference between being afraid and fearing you see, fearing then is reverence and respect. And it's an attitude for the future, meaning, you know what, based on all that, next time he tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. Amen? How many of you all think that the, the Israelites would have benefited from that mentality? And yet they didn't. Remember when they got to the promised land? He, he led them, he gave them some commandments, and then he took them to the promised land, and they took and they said, Man, there's giants there. There are some really big people there. We are as ants in their eyes. Amen? And the Bible says that they caused the people to fear, and then the people said, Did you bring us out here to kill us? Would to God we had died in the wilderness! <laughs> and God says, Well, I'm a prayer-answering God. 
And he answered their prayer. Folks, it's real easy to be theological when it comes to salvation. Amen? Because there is only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But living is a different thing. Living sometimes, I got it, Lord, I got it, I got it. And the only time we cry out is when we're trapped. And then praise God, aren't you glad God's a gracious God? Listen, I, I, I confess to him all the time, Lord, I'm sorry, I wish I'd have just done it. Amen? I pray that the Lord could use this message to touch your hearts. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, can I beg you, please, please let today be that day. If you're going through a hard time, could you maybe just say, God, you know, you know. I'm just going to trust you. Direct me and help me to do what you'd have me to do. I, I, again, I don't know how the Lord would touch your heart, but why don't you come as we sing. Let's all stand, if you would. We're going to sing number, um, number 487. 487. The altars are open. The invitation is from the Lord. You come as we sing.